0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is November 26th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block, and next week we're going to be studying three books. We're going to be studying Nahum, Habakkuk, and Zephaniah. So, Get ready for that. I'm sure those are books that you haven't delved into. Maybe you have. I know that I haven't devoted a great deal of study to those books. And so I'm looking forward to next week and taking a look at those books and those prophets a little bit more. But for now, let's finish up this week's Come Follow Me blog and talk a little bit about Micah and the book of Micah. Now, Micah was an interesting prophet. His name meant who is like Jehovah. So what an amazing name is that? I absolutely love it. Now, we don't exactly know when the book of Micah was written, but we do know when he lived and when he prophesied. He prophesied during the reigns of King Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And so he was probably a contemporary of prophets like Amos, Hosea, Jonah, and Isaiah. But something interesting about Micah is that he speaks to both kingdoms, both the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel, which is actually kind of interesting that he wasn't one or the other, that we actually have prophecies of him speaking to both kingdoms. Some really interesting things about the book of Micah is that here, when Micah is prophesying, when he is called as a prophet, we know that the people were in a really great place economically, right? They had money, they were prospering that way. But as normally happens with the pride cycle, prosperity happens, then people lose sight of God. And so even though they were prospering monetarily, they were really, really suffering spiritually. And that's why all these prophets came about. And so oftentimes when we are talking about these other prophets, these contemporaries of Micah, we see them calling people to repentance. It is all about repent and turn back to God. And it's no different with Micah. He also gives those prophecies of repent and turn back to God. But something that we see in the book of Micah that's a little bit different that I love is that we also see Micah Preaching about Christ and preaching hope and mercy. And I absolutely love that we get the opportunity to see that, that it wasn't just doom and gloom, but that it was hope that people could repent, that they could be forgiven, and that they could receive the Lord's mercy. So that's just a part of this book that I really, really love. Now, I love that we get to study Micah today because we've kind of turned the corner into Christmas season. And here, is gonna give us a chance to look a little bit at the birth of Christ. Now, a really unique thing that we get to see in Micah is a prophecy about the birth of Christ. It's interesting, oftentimes when we talk about the Christmas story, we talk about the star, right? The star that the wise men followed. And rightfully so, that is excellent. But what's interesting is let's take a look at what happens or at a part of this Christmas story that sometimes we don't talk about. Matthew chapter two says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So they see that sign. They see the star and they come to worship and they come to Herod the king and ask, okay, where is the king of the Jews born? And obviously that ruffles Herod's feathers. And so he calls his wise men to him and he asks about the king of the Jews and where he's supposed to be born. And let's take a look at what is said. It says, they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it was written by a prophet. Now that's all we hear about that. But the prophet that they're speaking of, the prophecy that they're speaking of is found in the book of Micah. So let's take a look at this prophecy about Christ that we find here. Chapter 5, verses 2 and 4 say, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting." And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great unto the ends of the earth. Now there's something that I really, really like and I think is so important about this prophecy. First of all, this prophecy prophesies that out of Bethlehem, such a small little place will come forth the ruler of Israel. We know Christ was born in Bethlehem, but I think it's especially interesting and important that this makes note about how small Bethlehem was. Because in the Book of Mormon, we see a prophecy about the birth of Jesus Christ. And in that prophecy, it says, And behold, he shall be born of Mary at Jerusalem, which is in the land of our forefathers. Now, it's interesting because many critics of the Book of Mormon take a look at this scripture and they use it to criticize Joseph Smith and criticize the validity of the Book of Mormon. They say, well, Christ wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. But there's a word in there that's so incredibly important to note. Notice the scripture doesn't say he's going to be born in Jerusalem. He says he's going to be born at Jerusalem. And the difference between those two words is so critical here. At this time, it was so incredibly common for people to use the word at as nearby or close to. Now, keep in mind, Alma's not prophesying to people who live near Jerusalem. If he were to say he's going to be born in Bethlehem, the people would be like, What? But these people, it's the land of their forefathers, they know about Jerusalem, they have heard of Jerusalem. And so, Alma wasn't going to say, Oh, yeah, he's going to be born in Bethlehem because the people wouldn't know what he's talking about. Instead, he says he's going to be born at or near Jerusalem because that's a city that they have heard of. It's like when you travel and you're far away from where you live. If you live in a smaller town, I live about 15 minutes south of Salt Lake City, but it's a smaller town. And when I travel, when people ask me where I'm visiting from, I would never say, Oh, I'm visiting from Midvale. They wouldn't know where Midvale was. So I say, oh, from Salt Lake City, because they've heard of that place. That would make sense. And it's the same thing here. This is a literary tool that was used very frequently in the day. When a city was small, when a town was small, they would say the area. They were at Jerusalem or near Jerusalem because that was a common place to be. And so I love that Micah backs this principle up by teaching us that Bethlehem was a small, small place, but that the mighty Savior would be born there and that he would be the ruler of Israel. My friends, I think there's something significant that someone so mighty and so great, that a work that was so central to all of humanity, to all of eternal life, started somewhere so small, started somewhere seemingly so insignificant. My friends, you and I, each of us, as we strive to do our part, as we strive to build the kingdom of God, as we strive to just do our best, whether it's in parenting or in school or in our occupations or as friends, as we try to do our best, sometimes we can feel small and we can feel insignificant. Maybe we feel like we're weak or maybe we feel like we are just have such a small sphere of influence. There might be a million reasons why we feel small and insignificant or like our existence or presence or efforts are unimportant. But my friends, when you are tempted to think that your efforts don't matter, remember that the Savior's efforts began in the tiny little town of Bethlehem. Remember the quote that's changed President McKay's mission, a Shakespeare quote that says, "Whereer thou art, act well." Thy part, my friends. Wherever you are, whether that's physically, emotionally, spiritually, wherever you are, whatever moment you're in, your efforts, your integrity, your honor, your best is vitally important. Is important to God. It's important to those around you. It's important for you. And wherever you are, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, wherever you are, do your best and know that God can make great things out of the seemingly small things. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.